I'm master at life and weight loss coach, Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. bonus episode of the Body You Crave podcast, I'm talking with my friend, Judith Gatton. Judith is a style coach for curvy women because being curvy doesn't mean you can't be stylish too. And so she is all about learning how to love and dress for the body you're in. Now, before you go off thinking, well, I'm not curvy, this won't apply to me. Don't, don't even go there. Like she has plenty of tips and resources, regardless of how big or how small your curves might be. Because let's be real, all of us women, we all have curves. And it's about embracing and learning to love our curves, regardless of the size and shape that they take on. So we talk a lot about our bodies, body image, goal weights, goal clothes, you know, letting numbers really create a lot of drama for ourselves and in our mind and how to really work through that. And she gives us her best tips for how to start dressing stylishly and the key pieces that you need in your wardrobe today. So let's dive in. All right. Welcome back. Today, I have another awesome guest for us, Judith. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Like, I love to connect with different people. So thank you for having me on your podcast. Yes, absolutely. So why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners more about yourself and what you do? Yeah, I am a style coach for curvy women. So I teach women how to love and dress the body they are in right now. And I think of curvy as a very expansive term. So usually if you're a woman, you're socialized as a woman, you've got curves on your body. So you are in. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love it. So I always used to joke that my husband would dress me and he would accessorize me and no joke, he would be deployed and I would take pictures of different outfits and be like, what should I wear today, babe? Like, I just do not have that, that style skill. It is not in my body. And so one thing that I found was that I... I had a lot of probably body image and self-consciousness that came up. And so that was one of the kind of, you know, core topics that that I cover now. But one thing that I wanted to talk about with you in particular, because I imagine it's probably challenging for women to want to really embrace and own their style if they feel like they aren't thin enough, small enough, don't have the right shape, things like that. So what's your take on that? How do you work clients through, you know, things like along those lines? Yeah. I mean, first I like for any person listening, any woman listening, like, of course you have those thoughts that you should be a certain size, weight, shape, skin color, your hair texture has to be a perfect way. Your skin has to be perfectly smooth. Everything has to be flat and smooth because that is Mm -hmm. the paradigm we're living in right now. And like, I think most women are taught that before they're allowed to buy new clothes or get stylish, they almost have to earn it as a reward. Mm, Yeah. Like you can when you've lost X amount of weight. Right. You have to buy the good makeup and good face cream when you have no acne, which is bizarre, right? Like you're allowed to buy the new shoes when you have met some weird threshold that you've created for your. Mm-hmm. Then you're allowed to buy the clothes, buy the shoes, buy the good face cream, whatever. And I, if you get nothing else from this podcast, like let's start untethering those ideas from each other. Mm-hmm. Style and beauty 
are not the mm-hmm. like end reward for having achieved some sort of weight loss related goal. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they are in and of themselves worthwhile if that's what you choose to mm-hmm. want to play with or engage with. But they're not like the end of the rainbow after some long, arduous like war with your body. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like, you know sort of mitigate with like a face cream like no just no (laughs) right well I talk about that too in terms of you know like positive self-talk it doesn't have to be earned it's not a reward for having lost your weight you don't have to try to like hate yourself skinny like that doesn't work pretty sure I would have like achieved my goal faster had that actually worked you know and we don't often stop and think about it but we yeah we kind of treat ourselves like we're in some kind of boot camp where if we just beat ourselves up enough, if we're just enough of an asshole to ourselves, then like magically we'll learn our lesson and we'll figure it out and we'll be motivated to try harder. And it can't be further from the truth. Right. It's right. You can't hate yourself into like, the perfect genes like no mm-hmm. hell mm-hmm. no there are no such thing as a perfect gene there are genes mm-hmm. that might be better for you than others mm-hmm. but there's no like boot camp crazy trial that you have to overcome in order to wear a pair of jeans that fit you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not required <laughs> right Definitely not required yeah so i had a baby last year and he was born november 4th and so it got to be like december and i realized i was only wearing like athletic pants <laughs> because my jeans weren't at the point where they were like really comfortable and fitting i still felt like i had a bit of a muffin top and i had lost a lot of weight at that point but my body composition wasn't shifting back as quickly as i you know was hoping or expecting and so i went and bought you know a nice pair of jeans and i spent $200 you know this probably a week before Christmas, but I didn't want to spend my entire like Christmas holiday break visiting family and feeling like I could only wear athletic clothes and feel good in them. And so I always encourage people to to be okay spending money on clothes that fit you now. What kind of pushback do you get from clients around this? And how do you how would you walk someone through just that process of feeling like this might be a waste and they're going to lose the weight or it's not worth it right now? Yeah, I mean, I hear that a lot. I I hear it in sort of different stages. So for my ladies who have lost the weight and are afraid to like get rid of the clothes that are Mm -hmm. too big, I hear the sunk cost argument. Well, I've spent Mm -hmm. so much money. It's Mm -hmm. a waste. What if I gain it back? And it's like, there's no secret bank keeping track of how many pairs of jeans Mm -hmm. that you happen to have like stored away somewhere. That's not Mm -hmm. a thing, right? Mm -hmm. So that money's already spent. And then I have my ladies who like hold on to the quote unquote gold clothes. Mm -hmm. The problem with that whole line of thinking is usually the quote unquote gold clothes are little piles of shame that actually don't inspire you to action. Mm, Don't inspire you to move your body or to exercise or to stay on food plan, eating protocol, whatever you want to call it. Like those don't actually inspire you to take action. Very few of us take inspired action from a place of shame or guilt or frustration or anger with ourselves. So I think it's a false motivator. I think Mm -hmm. it's been promoted by the Fitzbo world. If you look on Pinterest, there's all these like cute little poster boards of like your gold bikini next to all Mm -hmm. of your weight loss tally. And I just don't think that's actually motivating for most women. I think I've only Mm -hmm. encountered maybe like two women out of the hundreds that I've coached who've actually been like, no, it's motivating for the most part. It's Mm -hmm. just not. So that Mm -hmm. myth we can dispel. So once Mm -hmm. we get rid of the idea that like you've wasted money, Mm -hmm. well, that's a sunk cost or the idea that this was actually your goal close. That's nonsense. What remains a lot of times is like, Somehow this is a sign of failure Mm -hmm. if I buy clothes that fit me right now. Mm, It's like I'm signaling to my brain that I've given up 
that's giving way too much power away to the clothing. Mm-hmm. Like your clothing can't dictate your actions. It's a pile of fabric creatively stitched together. It's not that powerful or magical, despite mm-hmm. what the marketing may tell you. You're the one in charge. You're the one who gets to decide whether you want to continue or not. So a mm-hmm. pair of jeans that fit, a bra that fits, undies that fit, they could never signal mm-hmm. that you've given up or that you failed. It's mm-hmm. just not possible. They're not that powerful. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it's time to take ownership of our own thoughts and how we're making it mean something about us or we are making it create. Yeah, we are allowing it to create that thought. So it's very similar to the scale and giving our power over to the scale like we would a pair of clothes, whether, you know, and how well they fit or they don't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like we could take the tag size out of one pair of jeans and put into another that actually fit you. Mm -hmm. And your perception of them would be different, even though the ones that are technically bigger are the ones that fit you. Mm-hmm. You're just having some tag size drama, some number drama, just like on the scale. I yeah. The yeah. Right. Right. It's just number drama. <laughs> so how do you work, work clients through that? You know, someone who's maybe struggling with that. Well, first we do a lot of like separating out fact from mm-hmm. like the story. Right. So mm-hmm. I kind of tell my clients like, there is the actual facts and then there's the telenovela version where like the priest walks yes. in and rips off his shirt and like grabs the <laughs> like they have sex on the table. Like, okay, that's not what's happening. Like typically, you know, life is just not that sexy and exciting. Uh-huh. So, you know, you're fantasizing that like once you reach this pinnacle of weight loss, you're suddenly going to feel amazing and the clothes will find you and like they'll all march in on this rack to get like, that's not what really happens. Like (laughs) lose some weight. You'll still probably be you. You'll have Uh some shitty thoughts just like you had before. And you Uh still probably need to clothe your booty and go out with clothes on in the world. Yeah. Those are the facts. The rest is all the telenovela version, but that's not to dismiss that. There's a Mm -hmm. reason why your brain has come up with this scheme of crazy drama Mm -hmm. to protect you, to keep you safe, Mm -hmm. to keep you in the tribe, in the group. Right. So like, thank you, brain. Yeah. Part of now is like becoming aware of those thoughts that you're thinking, the mean things you say to yourself, Mm. getting aware of what janky ass clothes you've been keeping that don't fit you, like really late raising your level of awareness. Mm -hmm. And then we can start to respond to Mm -hmm. each of those things your brain has been telling you, but we can't respond to it. We can't reframe it. We can't change it unless we know what you're actually thinking. So mm-hmm, the first right. thing is always like, what's not working? Let's mm-hmm. become aware of what's not working. And then we can figure out what you want. And then I can teach you how to go get it. But we always have to start with what's going on with you. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Where's mm-hmm. your baseline? Where, where are you starting from? So that's kind of the synthesized process. Like what's not working? What do you want? And then let's go get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what are some of your top style tips for curvy girls specifically? For curvy women specifically, buy the curvy pants. Mm-hmm. So curvy is not synonymous with fat. It's not like a low key way uh-huh. of saying like the fat jeans. Like, uh-huh. no, curvy really means like these clothes are going to be cut differently to accommodate the curves that you have that someone who is not curvy, but would be quote unquote a regular size. Those clothes are literally cut differently. So when manufacturers make garments that are called curvy, particularly pants, you're going to find that the waist nips in a little bit more and the hip curve, the way it's drawn on the pattern, mm-hmm. juts out a little bit more. So it'll mm-hmm. accommodate more hip, but it's also going to prevent that little gap that happens for a lot of my curvy gals where you can like peek into their booty. The waist is going to feel a little tighter. There's going to be more accommodation for your curves, which means the leg of the pant is going to sit differently. The crotch is going to sit differently. 
So uh-huh. don't be afraid to try on the curvy version of something, especially if you carry your weight around your midsection, your hips or your booty. Uh-huh. Like That's not like, oh, I'm wearing the fat jeans. No, mama, that's OK. You're wearing curvy things that accommodate. Right. Your curves. And like even for my gals who, you know, identify as skinny or they tell me they're rectangles or whatever shape, which I hate. But, you know, if you find <laughs> that you're like more straight up and down. You still have curves. So just knock that shit off. If you're like, I don't have any curves. I'm a beanpole. Like, no, uh-huh. you're a human woman. Welcome. But for you, for those gals, like you might want to find pants that like rise a little differently than otherwise would be popular. And like what you see on TV, mm-hmm. like don't follow fashion trends. Fashion's mm-hmm. external style is personal. So you might have to experiment mm-hmm. with like your jeans, the pocket placement. If you really believe you're that flat in the booty, like play with the where your pockets are placed. Play with the rise of your jeans. Maybe high-waisted jeans are not your jam right now. Maybe you Mm -hmm. want to do something with a mid-rise or a low-rise. Like, play with it. So, Mm -hmm. with my curvy gals, too, like, if you think you have too much booty, same adage for you. Play with the pocket placement. Mm -hmm. Play with, the you know, the regular versus the curvy jean. For some of my curvy gals, they're wearing pants that are too long for them. And if they actually went for a petite size, they'd be a little more accommodated because their legs might actually be shorter than their torso. And that might be where they appear curvy. Mm-hmm. So just distribution of their height is a little different. So play, experiment, but definitely yes. try the, if you identify as curvy, then I would try the jeans that are more curvy. Number one, in terms of the second style tip, this is for everybody, really curvy girls in particular, any rule that you were given by your mama or your auntie or mm-hmm. insert the woman in your life that you admire the most, any fashion rules she gave you, however, well-meaning, I want you to like put it aside for a minute <laughs> and ask yourself, like, do I want to continue to think this or believe it's true? Because I think for a lot of women, they're given these like quippy little sayings from their mamas and their aunties or their sisters mm-hmm. or cousins or whatever that are just like little shame devices that they end up using against themselves. Mm, yeah. So do you have you know, any examples like off the top of your head? So many. So if your mom told you you're not allowed to wear capri pants because they cut you off at the leg. Mm -hmm. But you like to wear capri pants, wear the capri pants. Mm -hmm. Like if your mama told you that you didn't have the ankles to wear a mini skirt. Mm -hmm. If you like to wear mini skirts, wear the mini skirt. Like if your mom told you that you could only cut your hair short because your hair was too thin. Mm -hmm. Cut your hair however you want. Like at a certain point, like it's okay to say, yes, mom, I appreciate. Uh And I'm also going to go do this other thing. Uh Uh-huh. But I think so many of us like just keep agreeing with that same voice in our head. Yeah. Without questioning it. Right. And the beautiful thing now is like we get to re-examine all of it. So yeah. any fashion rule you were handed, you're not allowed to wear red lipstick because it makes you look like a hoe. Right. You get to decide <laughs> to rethink that, right? Um, yeah. I have a client, her mama told her she wasn't allowed to wear blue eyeshadow because that made her a hoe. Uh-huh. She's she more <laughs> nice language. I'm paraphrasing like that's not a thing. That hasn't been a thing for a real long time. So like right. you get to rethink all of it. So anytime you hear yeah. yourself saying, well, I can't because my mom said, mm-hmm. I want you to pause. I'm like, do mm-hmm. I want to think this anymore? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, really, those are like, That's I think so good. Like the top two tips, like try on the curvy jeans, experiment with all of it. And then question everything you've ever been told was a fashion rule. And then you get to decide whether it's complete BS or whether it's something you want to continue to do or tweak or reframe. Yeah. Well, and so often we think that those thoughts that we have or the style advice that we were given, it's like somehow we adopt it and it's now fact. And it's like God's word written in stone, like, (laughs) you know, like cannot be questioned. Like this is just 
how the universe is. Um, and so thank you for that, because sometimes we just need to hear from somebody else. Like we need to be given that permission of like, it's OK to do this. It's OK to find your own way. It's OK that your style doesn't look like somebody else's or maybe you can't put a label on it. Yeah. Or like it's not the gospel truth. I love that you said that, like you're not going to be like smote by the <laughs> fashion gods because right. you decide to like wear bangs all of a sudden like <laughs> yeah. nothing nothing bad's gonna happen maybe a few people will notice probably nobody will and no one will say anything and you'll be upset yeah. that no one noticed your hair versus all the imaginary things you imagine will happen right like, right nothing will occur i love that's actually one of my favorite things to run and experiment with my client when they're like but if i wear that you know i don't like you know what like finish that <laughs> sentence like what do we imagine will happen mm-hmm. it's usually like someone will say something people will notice blah 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 mm-hmm. I'm like, okay well let's run an experiment just for an mm-hmm. afternoon where's the thing that you think people are going to snicker and point and uh-huh. laugh like just run an experiment and like normalize for your brain that like again it's really not that sexy no telenovela is going to occur people are going to be like oh you're wearing a skirt and maybe that's about it. Like no one, right. no one really cares. So it, like kind of practicing with them, like normalizing for their brain that like no lions, tigers or bears is chasing them. No, God has not smote them. Mm-hmm. Everything is OK. Yeah. So what would be like your top three key like fashion items that you need to have in your wardrobe at all times that fit you well and that you love wearing? OK, so this is going to sound kind of funny when we say shoes that fit, mm-hmm. bottoms that fit. And a top that fits. Three <laughs> must-have items. Notice there's a theme here. Like whatever you decide to have in your closet, like make sure it fits you. Uh-huh. I think there's sometimes an overemphasis, like especially like during fall, if you get uh-huh. any fashion magazines, which I read them, even though I think a lot of it's rubbish. Like uh-huh. there's the fall must-have list. Dun, uh-huh. dun, dun. Right. And, right. Like, oh God bless all the moms who get in the crazy frenzy of like dressing their family for the fall family <laughs> portrait. <laughs> and they like lose their ever-loving minds, right? Because like uh-huh. it has to look a certain way like I want <laughs> breathe mama breathe all of it right the only thing you need in your closet like number one shoes that fit you bottoms that fit you top that fits you mm-hmm. we just need clothing that fits you mm-hmm. like we need shoes that actually fit you no more of this beauty is pain nonsense mm-hmm. half the battle of looking stylish is really just being physically comfortable not over mm-hmm. comfortable let's clarify but mm-hmm. being physically comfortable to the point like your clothes fit you so that you can set them and forget them mm-hmm So if they're too big, you can't do that. If they're too small, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Like actual fitting clothes. Mm -hmm. He was never pain. That's such bullshit, Mm -hmm. right? We hear that all the time sometimes. Yeah. Like shoes that fit you. That's stylish. Mm -hmm. Feet that hurt. That's not so stylish. Mm -hmm. Like jeans that you have to like roll over your belly when you stand up. Mm -hmm. Not so stylish. Like a shirt that you have to mess with all day. Not stylish, right? You get my point. So fit. Clothes that fit is like king. And even as a layer before that, like bras and undies that fit, mm-hmm. foundation garments, and then shoes, bottoms, tops that mm-hmm. actually fit you. Like that's paramount. So I know a lot of people, and this is sort of the natural next question is like, how do I know if it doesn't fit me? Mm-hmm. That's like the natural next question. It's like anything that you have to scratch or rub Mm -hmm. like imprints off of your body at the end of the day like those clothes did not fit you Mm -hmm. if you have to adjust your bra strap your bra band all day it does not fit you Mm -hmm. you have to pull out wedgies it does not fit you so anytime like you're overthinking about a particular garment and having to adjust it throughout the day Uh that garment does not fit you Uh uh-huh 
Like that's just simple, basic, easy. Now there's tons of other things to look out for, but I think people like allow themselves to get stuck at that question as if they didn't already know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what's physically uncomfortable. You've just stopped paying attention along the way. Mm-hmm. So let's retune into your body. Pay attention throughout the day. What are you fidgeting with? What are you rubbing out? What are you moving around? Doesn't fit you. Simple mm-hmm. as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And it seems like common sense too, but yet we want to overwrite it because we think, well, that's not good enough or I couldn't possibly do that. So. I mean, in order to to be able to buy the clothes that fit too, we also have to make peace with our bodies and our sizes where we're at right now. And I think for a lot of women, that can be a real struggle and a real challenge to feel at peace with the body, even though they want to change it. And that's one thing that I've always encouraged people is if you want to lose weight, great. If you don't, like you don't have to either, but like we don't have to draw a line and say, well, wanting to lose weight is body hatred. And, you know, if I love and accept my body the way I am, well, then I'm never going to change that. We can do things. We can achieve two goals at once. So I can make peace with my body. I can be happy with my size and I can still be on a path to losing weight if that's the journey that I want to take. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I think you touched upon something that I hear a lot of times, especially for my clients who present as like staunch feminists. Like I'm a feminist. Like I love the women that I teach. Mm -hmm. I love the idea that women get to decide for themselves what to do with their body. Mm -hmm. And that they have complete and full ownership over their body. Mm -hmm. That includes if they want to gain weight, lose weight, gain muscle, lose muscle, like Mm -hmm. whatever they decide, it's completely 100% up to them. Mm -hmm. What I always want to look at for my clients is like, what have you tangled up with the idea that something has to change with your body? Because let's Mm -hmm. separate out those two ideas. So Mm -hmm. I can love my body, dress it well, Mm -hmm. also deciding that I want to gain muscle Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I love, I love my clients are like booty gains, booty gains uh-huh. all day, right? Like right. whatever you decide, right? If you want to decide to lose weight, totally up to you, but let's disentangle it from loving mm-hmm. your body and dressing yeah. your body just the way it is right now. And I, I think the conflating of those two is what sort of trips people up. And I think like, I, I think it's a great point that you touched on because I, I feel like sometimes it gets glossed over. Like it has to be either or, mm-hmm. and I definitely mm-hmm. don't think it has to be. Mm-hmm. Right. So is this where you thought you would be in life? Is this like kind of the path that you saw for yourself, you know, growing up or even, you know, like 10, 15 years ago? Uh, so 15 years ago, I, where was I 15 years ago? That's such a funny question. I just graduated from college. I was my last year of college. So no, this is you. If you had told me this is where I would end up at my like last year of college, I probably would have been like, no, <laughs> right. even a thing. that's some made up shit. Who made that up? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like you. You're the one who made it up. Yeah. Ten years ago, I just had started my legal career. So I would never have thought uh-huh. in a million years that this is where I would end up. Uh-huh. Um, it probably wasn't until I dreamed this weird little idea baby of style coaching like Uh four years ago that it ever seemed to even be possible and even sometimes I was like at the very beginning I was like but I just made this shit up and people were like yeah I know (laughs) you're like you could just do that welcome to entrepreneurship right (laughs) (laughs) make things up and go do them so yeah uh, 10 or 15 years ago I would have been completely incredulous and Uh um, in disbelief and probably laughed and maybe even been snarky and you know sniggered Uh Uh, but now I'm I'm very happy with where I've landed I think I have like the best freaking job in the world Yeah. yeah 
So what brought you here? I mean, we're kind of working backwards in terms of where most interviews go, but like what, what brought you to this point of being, you know, just even thinking like, oh, this might be something I want to do or I want to pursue. Yeah. I mean, I, I was a litigator. I did law for 10 years, 10 years. Yeah. I'm like doing the math now. I'm like, do, 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 do. Uh, yeah. yeah. So for 10 years, I think my, no, my 11th year. So my swearing in ceremony was June 2nd. So of 2010. So I was a practicing mm-hmm. litigator for 11 years. And I also started out as a fashion designer and then went to school undergrad to be a fashion designer partway along the way, um, chickened out, I guess, or really Uh discouraged by a professor who was well-meaning. And then I met a fashion lawyer. So I thought, okay, that's a thing. So I could go do that. And I didn't do fashion law at all. I totally ended up being an insurance lawyer. So that's (laughs) but when I found coaching, which is like partway through the story, I'm telling this all sort of jacked up. But when I found coaching partway through the story, like I realized that I wanted to help women, that I wanted to encourage women, that I was already naturally doing that, that I had been doing that for a really long time. Uh-huh. But also that I could return to the things that I love most, which is style and fashion. Yeah. And I could also be myself where I'm, I am smart. I am very intelligent woman. I love hanging out with other lady bosses. So it's like, okay, so I could bring that, bring that, snatch that here, sprinkle this, and then... Mm-hmm decide that I could be a style coach. And I even talked to God about it. I was like, I don't know what this is, but this is where I have on my heart. I don't know. Like I wanted to have all of these elements. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's going to look like. Please help. Please send some help. And, and he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, like we know, all journeys are full of obstacles and challenges. What was, you know, one of maybe one of the harder obstacles or challenges that you have faced either with your own personal style and finding it and really owning it or just as you are entering into the business world and coaching and helping other women through that? Yeah. So I'll, I'll speak to the first one. My own personal style journey. I think the hardest thing to overcome, which I think a lot of people face is like, what will other people say? Mm-hmm. So when I started to wear my hair more vintage style or I started mm-hmm. to wear a red lip to court or um, I didn't start like dressing vintage overnight, like mm-hmm. full on because I was so afraid of people thinking I was in costume, which a lot of people who wear vintage style, like you get that a lot. Like, oh, is this mm-hmm. your costume? Where are you going? And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere. This is what I wear every day. So I show up to the, my life. Thanks. <laughs> so, right. Like I eased myself in. Like I just started with vintage hair and uh-huh. then I started adding the makeup and then the clothes came and then it just sort of like. I blended in with the background and nobody was phased by me anymore. And if anybody uh-huh. new came into the court that I had an encounter before and they like, they're like, oh, that's just Judith. Like nobody would care anymore. Uh-huh. It wasn't a thing. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I was able not just as much like ease the people around me and I met my brain where I was along the way. Yeah. And I didn't jump into something that I was so completely uncomfortable with. Yeah. I figured out how to do it in stages. Uh-huh. Which I think for all of us wanting to make these big changes, like don't be in such a rush. Like what's uh-huh. the 10% version of it? You can move the needle, acclimatize your brain and then decide to get to the 20% and then the 30 mm-hmm. and then the 40. Like there's a beauty in gradual change as well as like big pronouncements and these overnight overhauls, like mm-hmm. glamorize the latter, but really there's something beautiful about the former. And then in terms of entrepreneurship, <laughs> again, just getting out of my own way, which I think is what a lot of entrepreneurs find. It's like, instead of taking action, like dreaming, planning, taking action, dreaming, planning, taking action. I would spend so much time in dreaming and then ruminating over uh-huh. before I would ever get to the planning phase. 
And over time, that process has gotten a lot uh-huh. faster. Uh-huh. Not always fast, but it's a lot faster. And I cut out a lot more of the ruminating. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And that's so helpful for us, whether we are, you know, wanting to like start a new workout program or change up what we're eating or change our style. It's like, we just got to start taking action because clarity will come from taking action. And we don't have any data to work with if we aren't trying new things and, you know, actually taking that next step forward. I can totally relate though, to like wearing clothes and having people be like, oh, are you going to the gym? And I'm like, no, this is just what I wear on Tuesdays. Like, (laughs) no, this is, this is just what I live in. I lived in athletic wear for a long time. Like before athleisure cute stuff really came about, it was like, Target gym clothes all the way. So like, this is the champion line for spring. Thank you very <laughs> right. much. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> now, I know you have a book. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, my book is called How to Be a Fucking Lady, which there was a lot of rumination about the title, which is fun. <laughs> oh, I bet. I love it. <laughs> Brooke, Brooke Castillo gave me the title at a writer's retreat. She just said it. And I was like, yes. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I'm on board. And then the rumination set in. So uh-huh. It was like three months of ruminating after I had really already decided. So the book is a lot of, there's a lot of biographical stories about my family in there, about my grandmother. But the whole idea is to take, you know, traditional charm school concepts mm-hmm. and then like turn them on their head. Mm-hmm. So, you know, talking about like beauty and style, mm-hmm. but the chapter instead is called stylish as fuck. You know, talking about like elocution and deportment. And then I talk about like, you know, courteously cursing and yeah. <laughs> shut your glam hole and you know right. how to have conversations like a human and not be fucking creepy like so mm-hmm. taking you know the vintage style but not adopting the vintage values and kind of mm-hmm. turning them on their head and modernizing them so that is my book but there's a lot of funny stories about my grandma in there who is sort of the epitome of vintage style and modern ideals so. uh-huh uh-huh awesome <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being here with us. I know our listeners have gained so much from this conversation and and I really appreciate it. So where can they connect with you further? Yeah, so the best way to find me is actually just on the Instagram. That's the easiest way to enter my world, see what kind of challenges and things I'm up to. So just go to Judith Gatton, J-U-D-I-T-H-G-A-T-O-N. And that's my Instagram handle. And if you click on the link in the bio, it'll just sort of show you all the things that are there. Mm-hmm. So what do you have coming up here in the next you know, few months? Anything cool that listeners should be aware of? Yeah. So I'm going to be doing a pop-up Facebook group. We're going to be running a week long challenge called Project Looking Snatched. So Mm. just to kind of get you ready for fall vibes and, you know, re-entering the world again after so many of us have been locked. Um, So that glow up that you expected to have, like we're going to walk you through how to kind of create that for yourself so that at the end of the week you are feeling ready to enter the fray of social interaction that comes in the fall. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, I love it. That sounds amazing. Well, I will be sure to join that as well. Oh, good. Okay, cool. It'll be good to have you in. It'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Any last parting words of wisdom? Yeah. Just experiment y'all have fun with it. Mm. Like really think about when did style become so arduous and so scary because it's really not like separate out the telenovela from the facts like Mm -hmm. just a pair of jeans it's a new Mm -hmm. bra it's a pair of undies like just let it be fun again right try new brands I mean we all kind of get into these ruts where we think like oh I I used to do this too of like oh jumpers don't look good on me or like you know like a pantsuit or something and it's like oh no I just needed to find the right one or I needed to find the right brand or the right designer 
Yeah. So. Like maybe it's not you. Maybe it's mm-hmm. the jockeys you've been wearing for a decade, Jane. Maybe it's time we find some new undies. Like, it be as simple as that, right? It's okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Likewise, thank you for having me. Yep, bye. Bye. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop five keys to end emotional eating and lose excess weight for life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.